Hey now, this is Jason Acorn with The Boneyard, and you are listening to Jason on the Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. DTO Optics wants to be your optics provider. They offer rugged and dependable rifle scopes, binoculars, spotting scopes, and rangefinder options. You'll find big name quality optics at little name prices. DTO Optics is your value-based optics company providing awesome customer service, a 30-day love it or your money back guarantee, and a lifetime warranty. Check out DTO Optics online at DTOOptics.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Buck Fever Synthetics, the premier attractant company, making not only the finest whitetail synthetic attractants, but also scents for elk, moose, bear, and hog hunters. Use with Buck Fever's Vanishing Hunter to reduce your scent and see the difference. Put out Buck Fever year-round to have the animals coming in. It crystallizes in dry soil and reactivates with moisture, and it never spoils. It simply works. Go to BuckFeverUSA.com to see the full line of Buck Fever Synthetics. Make bucks hunt you. Proudly made in America. Racks, offering the coolest bow hanger on the market. Display your bow with pride in your house, your garage, or anywhere you'd like. We carry most major brands while also offering a custom service if you have an idea or logo of your own that you'd like made into a hanger. Use them to display your traditional bow, compound bow, or even your crossbow. They also work great for hanging your hunting gear, your bags, or hats. Not to mention the design just looks plain awesome all by themselves. A Rax hanger makes for a great gift for that special hunter in your life. Go to RaxInc.com to see some of the available designs or contact us to discuss the custom hanger of your own. For listeners of the Outdoor Adventures with Jason podcast, use the promo code PODCAST and get 15% off your first order. Rax, show off your passion. Tall Tines Taxidermy is your mid-Michigan taxidermist, conveniently located in Clarksville, Michigan. Lanny specializes in white-tailed deer and any other big game animals you harvest. As a boutique taxidermy studio, you know who's doing your taxidermy work. Let Lanny Ross, owner of Tall Tines Taxidermy Studio, show you why his motto, Preserving Memories, produces one-of-a-kind works of art for you. Reach Tall Tines Taxidermy at 616-723-7970. Top 10% Deer Management is the premier land management company to help you see better deer on your property. Whether you have 10 acres or 10,000 acres, let a top 10% representative begin to help increase the correct deer habitat on your property. Go to top10percentdeermanagement.com for an introduction. Top 10% Deer Management. Manage. Hunt. Harvest. A family-owned business. Welcome to this episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Today I've got Martin Schindel on the line. And Martin has created a group on Facebook called the Michigan Crossbow Hunters that is a forum and has uh, spread into a get-together for people in the state of Michigan that hunt primarily with crossbows. But the nice thing about the group is it is kind of weapon agnostic. And if you have a successful legal hunt using any type of means, it's more than welcome to post it in there. And so it's a fun group to belong to. And I would encourage folks to to look it up on Facebook. I'll have links to it at the end. But let's at this point, I want to talk to Martin. And how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. So, tell me a little bit about what prompted you to start this group. Well, 
six years ago, it'll be October 23rd of this year, um, I started Michigan Crossbow Hunters because on some of the standard bow hunting groups, they tend not to like us crossbow hunters, and, and I don't get it. I, I don't understand the backlash or the, the bullying that comes along with somebody having, having a crossbow as a weapon to use as their choice. So I started Michigan Crossbow Hunters with not a lot of expectation as to what would come of it. And in the six years, we have over now 5,500 members. And I tell everybody we're a family-oriented group um, that promotes and just uses crossbows as a hunting tool and, and for the shooting sports. And it, it it's blossomed into a lot of what I never would have expected it to become it's it's grown exponentially i thought if i had gotten a thousand members i would have been doing great and now we're like i said we're on our way to six thousand and i'm just blown away every day yeah it's a it's an active group i enjoy posting in there and and seeing what others post as well i was gone from michigan for 20 plus years and when i first was you know when i was grew up in michigan crossbows were something that you had to have pretty much a sign off from just about every doctor and a head of the DNR to, to use them out in the field to hunt with. They were only really a target weapon. And that, a lot has changed in the last 20 years. How long have you hunted with a crossbow? Um, I've hunted with a crossbow, I think it's going on like seven years now, eight years maybe. Um, but the reason I got into crossbows in the first place is because I'm one of those strange people that I can't use a release for a compound. I'm a finger shooter. And there was no bow on the market when I was looking to purchase a new bow. And I wanted to stick with compound. I I love shooting compound, but there was no bow on the market that was finger shooter friendly. Everything had been geared towards the release shooter. And I couldn't find a bow that, number one, shot good for me. And number two, felt good for me. So I went with a crossbow and then received a bunch of backlash for it. Having lived in Texas prior to this, and there was at one point another Michigan Crossbow Hunters group that we knew some of the people and who are active in your group now. I was in the Texas Crossbow Hunters Club, and that group was quite active, did a lot with hunting hogs and things of that nature, but crossbows were accepted. There was still the harassment, as you say, but they were much more of an open, available weapon down in Texas to use than they were up here. It's been interesting to see the growth from not only new hunters coming in, hunters that may have, in your case, like you said, you couldn't find a compound bow that worked for you without going back to, say, traditional equipment because of finger release, uh, disabled hunters, female hunters, whoever, that have picked up crossbows and the numbers have just grown exponentially. Yeah, it has. Actually, um, crossbow hunting has given given my wife um, a reason to hunt now, and, and you know, it's introduced her as a new hunter to being able to get out in the woods. She has a lot of problems with her hands, being able to grip and stuff, so for her, the crossbow is the, the best way for her to get out into the woods. I mean, I still cock it and, and get it ready for her, but she does everything from then on, and she told me if it wasn't for the crossbows, then she wouldn't be able to hunt, and she would have never understood what it is I feel having a deer in front of you and either A, deciding to pick up the the crossbow and get ready to shoot it, or B, decide you're going to pass. And about four years ago, she took her first deer with it. 
Oh, fantastic. With the growth in crossbows, the growth in crossbow use, I should say, you've seen a huge growth in manufacturers, you know, equipment that's available, you know, just across the board. Michigan's had a huge, huge history in the archery community, obviously with the founding of Bear Archery here by Fred Bear, and uh, we have Darton Archery, which makes Darton both compound and crossbows. And so there's just a huge back, and those are just two of the companies. There's just hundreds of companies involved in the outdoor industry based here in Michigan. What crossbows do you use at this time? Um, At this time, I have an Excalibur, but we are both looking at getting into the Darton Archery um, Toxin 135. For her, it's all about um, fit and finish because she's a very short-statured person. She's only five feet tall, and she doesn't have very long arms. So for me to give her my crossbow, which, like I said, is the Excalibur, it's too long all the way around for her, and she doesn't feel comfortable with it. We also have, which is what she shot her deer with, uh, Barnett Jackal. And that one I had bought for my son, my oldest son, to use um, when he started hunting. And she used that one to kill her first deer. So for her, like I said, it's all about the fit and finish and and how it fits her. Because if it's too top-heavy, she can't hold it. And if it's too long for the stock, she's not going to be able to fit into it and perform as well with it. So have you had any chance to shoot any of the dart and bows? Have you have you had an opportunity to compare those? I shoot the dart and bows as much as I can just because I like the way they shoot. Obviously, being Michigan Crossbow Hunters Group, I, I like to work with a lot of um, companies that are based in Michigan. Obviously, dart and being one of the biggest, you know, and, and once she held it and once she put it in her hands and was able to shoot it she says this is the one and even though she said this is the one every chance I get I try and put one in her hand for her to look at and feel and every chance she gets that I do that she tells me it's not a darton so I just want to let your listeners know that even though I'm pushing darton I have no way or any affiliation with darton themselves like I said I like working with Michigan-based companies and it, for that, for her, it's just the one that fits. And it's, I, I tell a lot of the new members that come and ask me, I'm looking at getting a crossbow and, and what should I look at? And I tell them, first off, if it doesn't fit, you're not going to shoot it. So get one that fits. Get one that you can say, you know, it, it works for me. And that's, that's what I tell everybody is to look at and get one that's going to be comfortable when you're shooting. Yes, you've got to have something that, you know, feels good, feels balanced to you, or you can easily balance with a bipod, a monopod, or a tripod, whatever you're using, and and doesn't feel like when you're trying to cock it that you're way in over your head. Yeah, that's the nice thing about a lot of these, these manufacturers is if, if you can't cock it, like my wife can't, luckily she has me to you know, cock the bow for her. But if she was to go out on on her own and and do it, she wouldn't be able to cock it. But there's a lot of manufacturers out there nowadays that have either a cocking aid um, that you can purchase as an extra accessory or like 10 point has it right directly on the bow itself integrated into the crossbow. 
So all you do is you just crank it up and you're good to go. Yeah, that was the neat part. I had recently picked up a new Wicked Ridge, which is a unit of 10 point, and I got their RDX 400, and they have an AccuDraw system that is crank based. So for somebody like myself who's handicapped, uh, there's no more of that bending over to, to pull just a string mount based upon your back and arm strength. You know, I just hook the AccuDraw up and, as you said, just crank away. And this particular crank is silent. There's no clicking sound, there's no nothing. You crank it up and it draws the string right in and you're done. Yeah, I think the only I think the only clicking sound that there is on those is is when you get to the point where it's our it's cocked, it clicks into place so that you know, you know, that it's it's safe to release. Right. And yes, the older AccuDraw systems, the every time you made a full rotation they would click. Right. Now with these newer ones, they're silent until like you said, until it gets to that final click where it's it tells you that the string's seated and you it's safe to put an arrow in there to fire. Uh, they're just amazing tools. Yeah, I like I like shooting mine. It you know, I, I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I liked shooting my compound when I had a compound, but uh, I I'm gonna say I like shooting my, my crossbow a little bit more now. Now you do some traveling for work. Have you been able to use and hunt with your crossbow out of state anywhere? Unfortunately, I have not because of the nature of my work. I work for a company that builds and remodels AMC movie theaters. So we are a construction-based company that from basically sunup to about, you know, 4 or 5 o'clock, I, I'm at work in a in a construction area and i just don't have the time or the resources to get out and and hunt unfortunately i've been to a lot of great states that i would have loved to hunt Uh, i've been to wyoming i've been to montana told my wife i wasn't coming home on that trip (laughs) (laughs) so uh, i've been to texas several times and I, i i wish i had the time to take it with me and and ex- do some exploring but when you're working six days a week and then your your sunday off you're worried about getting laundry and and groceries for the week kind of takes away from being able to hunt yeah you don't really you know when you work that many hours when you're on site yeah i guess you really don't have time to be able to to do anything no unfortunately like i said i've been to some great states that i would have loved to to hunt especially like texas for hogs everybody says that hogs down there are so prevalent you know as far as a, a game species and, and they're considered a nuisance because there's so many of them that you know, i think it was like 75 dollars i could have hunted you know as, as many days as i wanted and killed as many hogs as i wanted and, and just i i couldn't get out yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, there's some great areas to hunt hogs down there. So now, with the group set up and almost 5,500 members, you had your first really first kind of group event this spring, spring of 2019, to do a little shed hunting in the area where you live, which is kind of the Midland, Michigan area. Yeah, I live in Midland, Michigan, and we had a, a shed hunting get together. We found a few dead heads. One of the ladies that showed up did find a a nice little deadhead buck that had been obviously dead for quite a while because it was it was pretty chewed up. But we had a pretty good time. Fox Sports Detroit was there to do a a story on um, women in hunting, and that video is actually on our 
on our group page as well. My They interviewed my wife and what it's like to be a new woman hunter. So yeah, that's pretty was, cool. It was quite interesting. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes. So anybody that's listening can jump right into the show notes, access both the Michigan Crossbow Hunters Facebook page, as well as, as the video that Martin is talking about. It was well-received, well-covered, and you've now got something planned for the end of August. Yeah, August 24th, we are having a um, Michigan Crossbow Hunters get-together for sighting in our bows. That's compound, traditional, crossbow, doesn't matter. Um, we just want people to show up and, and, you know, have a place to, you know, get ready for the upcoming season, have some good food. Um, we will be having a, a dish to pass. We also have a lot of vendors that are going to be there. It's being co-hosted by Vanguard Outdoors, Vanguard Optic. They are a huge supporter and partner with Michigan Crossbow Hunters. Um, without them, I couldn't do half of the giveaways that we do. And, and I, it seems like I'm always receiving a, a message saying, hey, you know, when you hit 6,000 or when you hit this number or that number, we're going to do a giveaway. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. I, I can't speak enough about how much Vanguard supports what we do and what we're about. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, they've got quite a a line of optics. And they also make not only optics, but bags and other items to go along with that. I know I recently picked up a Vanguard bag that they did a sale on. And wow, is it nice. I carried it all through turkey season, packed full of stuff. Oh, was that the the 900 RT? Yes. Yeah. I I got one of those and it got confiscated by my wife. (laughs) Um, I did a a product review on it for them. With Vanguard, they give you a lot more than what you are paying for. Um, I use their their shooting stick called the VAO2. It doubles as a walking stick. It telescopes and has a, a three, three-footed turkey foot style base, but it also pivots from that base. So if, let's say, a deer is walking around a tree or something and you need to kind of lean out, you don't have to completely move your shooting stick. You just move your, your weapon and it will pivot with what you're trying to do oh that's pretty neat yeah it's it's a great it's a great shooting stick um they have great optics i mean their optics are priced for the the average hunter i want to say and i mean their their optics are in the you know 150 to 350 dollar range but they have glass that will rival anything that nikon or leopold or you know some of the name brand optics they are clear you have an adjustable setup for their binoculars where if something's way far out you can you know zoom in on well not zoom in but you can you can bring it into focus or if it's real close you can bring that into focus and everything behind it becomes you know out of focus it's great yeah and i'll have a link in the show notes for the people listening to vanguard's website Uh, it's vanguardworld.com and they do have a unique set of items, like you said, from the shooting stick, which is an actual an item I've been looking at because I was using a monopod for my crossbow. But I like that this has that more of a... Uh, I, I switched to a tripod, which is really becoming too big to use in a blind. And this monopod, 
I like the idea of it having the three feet on it versus just the single foot that I've been using. I use mine all the time. My my kids use it when they were during the youth hunt last year. My son is a huge fan of turkey hunting. We went turkey hunting last fall, and he tells me that he doesn't want to do any other type of hunting other than turkey hunting. And he used my Vanguard binoculars, my Endeavors 10 by 42 binoculars more than I did the entire season. I've looked at them at shows, and they, they look to be a, just a fantastic product. That's the neat thing about Michigan as well, is on top of the industry that, you know, like the Dartons and Vanguard and stuff like that, we have a rich history of having outdoor shows that spread across the, across the state of Michigan and allows, you know, the vendors to show off their wares. So, you know, to be partnered up with a company like Vanguard or, or any of the other ones is really, is really a pretty cool deal. I actually met one of the reps that I deal with. His name is Tom Beecher, and I met him. I'm sure you know who Mike Avery is from Mike Avery Outdoors. Yes. I met Tom Beecher at one of Mike Avery's Wednesday Night Lives at a, a restaurant in Birch Run and got to talking and told him about MCH and, and what we're trying to accomplish and what we do. And he joined that night and kind of sat under the radar for... I'd say probably about two weeks, three weeks maybe, and just kind of, for lack of a better term, Facebook stalked us. And then he sent me a message and says, we would love to work with MCH as a part of Vanguard. And as somebody who has never been, I guess, big in the outdoor industry, yeah, I have this group and I went to the ATA show this year and and whatnot, but I've never been, quote unquote, in the know for the outdoor industry, for somebody to come to me and say, you have this great product and we want to be a part of it was, was very overwhelming, I guess, for lack of a better term. Oh, I bet. You mentioned that, that you went to the ATA show. Now, for folks listening, the Archery Trade Association show is normally held, I believe, in Indianapolis, and it's a once-a-year trade show for vendors. It's not open to the public. So tell me your thoughts about going to that this year. What did, what did you think? Um, well, it, it actually jumps between every other year. It, this year, 2019's ATA show was held in Louisville, Kentucky. Next year, 2020, will be in Indianapolis. As a first-time goer of the ATA show, I was in awe just of the sheer size and amount of vendors and everything that went on as far as business-related to the Archery Trade Association and all of that and the outdoor industry as a whole. What I found is I went with a company that's a fledgling company. It's only been around for a year. It's called Buckstick, and I promote it very heavily because it plain and simply it works. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that, you know, we buy as hunters and we spend our hard-earned money on and it doesn't work. And when I first started with Buckstick, I had told the owner, his name is Chris Strushen. I told the owner, I said, I am going to get your product. I'm going to put it in my woods and I'm going to prove to you and to everybody that it does not work because I've never had any luck being from Michigan. I've never had any luck with scent or calling or rattling or, you know, anything that I see on TV that 
you know, as soon as you hit the horns together and these bucks are running in from 16 different directions, I, I've never even had a deer come remotely close to any of my calling or to, to say that it affected them, I, I can't say. So I put the buck stick out and I put a trail camera on it and I did not follow any of the directions that came with it. I rubbed it all over my body. There was no scent control whatsoever on it. I put bare hands on it, you know, and I, I was gonna bound and determined to prove that it wasn't wasn't gonna work for me. Less than 12 hours, I had video of deer all over my buckstick, and from that point on, I have been a huge proponent of of them and and what they're trying to do. What they're trying to do is turn the industry around from doing the whole urine-based scent to being a, a gland-based scent, which is what buckstick is. So are they synthetic? They are not synthetic. They are ATA-approved. So for the hunters in the CWD zone, it is approved to use in the state of Michigan. Um, it is not synthetic. It is just a gland-based scent. They have a, a, a bunch of different products now, but when I first started with them, they had just the original buckstick. Oh, okay. been looking at and using a synthetic-based scent, but this buckstick is actually a, a glandular-based scent. Correct. And does it have a shelf life to it? That is the nice thing about um, gland-based scents is, unlike urine-based scents, it does not have a shelf life. You know, you, you see all these products getting clearanced out the, the last part of December, first part of January that are urine-based because urine starts breaking down 20 minutes after it leaves the body. So the stuff that you buy on the shelf has already broken down, in, and when it breaks down, it turns into ammonia. So I'm sure some of the old timers from Michigan that have been around a while have said that I'm sure they've watched uh, Fred Trost when Fred Trost was around and doing his whole test with Buckstop. Correct. Well, that's what that's whole thing ruined Fred Trost because he exposed the industry, I, I guess, for lack of a better term. And he showed that the scents are breaking down into ammonia. So he just poured ammonia on the on the scrape and it was getting hit as well. Yeah, and for anybody that's outside of the state of Michigan, Fred Trost hosted um, Michigan Out of Doors for I, I don't know how many years, forever. He hosted them, I would say, I, I was like 16 or 17 continuing to watch them, and he had been doing it for, I think, 20 years before that. So it had to have been a good 30 years. Yeah, and he was a household name in Michigan if, if you were a hunter or, you know, his show was on every week and it was a lot of fun to watch. I watched it with my dad anytime I was hanging out with him and watched it on my own when I was, you know, in college and wherever. The show changed its format a little bit and he ended up leaving and he's since passed away. Uh, but there's many people that I would say anybody that is, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe 35 and up will remember having watched Fred Trost. You know, if they're into hunting again, they'll have watched Fred Trost for years. Yes. The first hunting show I ever watched was Michigan Out of Doors, you know, and I remember sitting there with my grandfather and my father and we, we, where we lived, it was on public broadcasting every Thursday night at eight o'clock. And that was, that was a ritual like that. You're, you gotta be home for Fred Trost. Yep, there was Fred Trost, and then, as you mentioned, Mike Avery, who does a radio show now, a radio show and a podcast. Mike was on the local news and then went from a just a regular reporter, then started doing some outdoor stuff, to an outdoor show, to an outdoor TV show, and now what he does. So Mike kind of picked up and, and did a lot of, on a, I guess, another channel, 
but it was also interesting to watch. But those were probably the two two main hunting shows I consumed as a kid, the only hunting shows I consumed as a kid. The same here. I remember Mike Avery was one of the first shows to ever grace, I guess if you could use that word, grace the Outdoor Channel. Yeah, I, I don't know if he was one of the first, but if he wasn't, he was darn near the, you know, one of the first. Because there, there was all the guys right. you knew, the names, the Bill Dances and everything like that, the older names you knew. For Michigan-based things, it was it was Fred Trost, and then it was it was Mike Avery. Yes, it was. Now with the group, you've got it growing nicely. There's 5,500 members. It, like I said in the beginning, it doesn't matter if the animal that you harvested was done with a, a gun, a traditional bow, a compound bow, a crossbow. You're open and accepting of anything being posted on the forum as long as it's kept family friendly which is quite different than some of the other forums where that are dedicated to bow hunting only that don't want to see anything done any other way the way i look at it is we are a family oriented group i welcome anything that is legally and ethically sound if you use a spear to harvest an animal and it's legal in your state i want to see it because i think that's cool and I'm, I, I don't want to speak for everybody in the group, but I think a lot of people that aren't exposed to that need to see it to say, you know, hey, even though it's not something that you or I may want to participate in, it's still legal. It's still ethical because you obviously have the know-how and the means to put down an animal within a short amount of time. And it's something that we aren't able to to readily participate in. I like seeing stuff like that that's different and that we, me personally, am not able to see every day because it's not something that my state allows. Right. It's interesting to watch some of the other channels and see some of the guys. Uh, Tim Wells comes to mind with the spear hunting that he does. That's exactly right. The Tim Wells and, you know, things that you don't, don't get to see every day because it's not something legal in your state. Um, I know there's a couple of states that don't allow crossbow hunting, period, still in the United States, which just blows my mind. And then there's yet others that you have, if you're using a crossbow, you have to use it in the general rifle hunt. You can't use it during archery season. That, to me, is unfathomable, too, because now I'm at a dis- if I'm using it during rifle season, I'm at a complete disadvantage to the rifle hunters. Right, and, well, Michigan was like that for years, I believe. Um, Michigan, for a while, when we had crossbows, it's always been an archery, archery, but it was it was for the handicap and people that couldn't pull back traditional or compound bows, and they had to have a permit from the DNR and a, a, a note from their doctor to obtain that permit. Oh, okay. All I knew is that you had to have both the permit and the note with you at all times when you were hunting. Correct. Uh, Texas did that where they wanted a gun-only season or whenever if you were hunting for exotics. Then it got a full inclusion during archery season, which upset archers. But if you look at the numbers, for example, the, the granddad of the states is Ohio because they've allowed, they've had full inclusion of crossbow hunting. And they're only just now getting back up to the number, including the crossbow hunters. They're only getting now up to the number of hunters they had in the early 80s. So that's to tell you how much of a drop it took. 
and then it's climbed back up. And I think if you broke up the numbers in other states like that as well, you'd see similar trends that, well, it seems like, you know, including the crossbows, opened it up to a ton of other people. It's really just built the numbers back up to what they were at one point. Well, and I, I don't think the numbers will ever be back to what it was in the, in the you know, early to mid-80s, where it seemed like, especially here in Michigan, people refer to November 15th, which is the opening day of firearms deer season, as the Orange Army. You know, you'd go out to state land and you'd see pumpkin orange everywhere. I don't think it'll ever get back to the, the glory days of what that used to be, like I said, in the 80s, but... If you're including now being able to get kids into hunting because of a crossbow, you're introducing it to women and handicapped people that never thought that they would ever, ever be a hunter, let alone get in the woods and hunt with something. I think for tool for hunting, if you're including kids and women, why is it so bad? Why do you have to put it down and say that people are cheating or being lazy because they hunt with a crossbow that just it blows my mind how many of the quote-unquote regular joe hunter want to put people down because we're not using what you think we should be using and it, it it irks me to no end because like i said if it wasn't for crossbows my wife wouldn't hunt if it wasn't for crossbows my kids probably wouldn't be hunting and if it wasn't for crossbows i know damn sure that i wouldn't be hunting unless it was for rifle. It's interesting because growing up, really the only date that mattered to me was November 15th. My dad didn't archery hunt, so we weren't really exposed to it. And I didn't really, I knew some kids that did it, but it wasn't something that was talked about the way it is now. Uh, the number of men and women, both, that participate in archery hunting is amazing to watch because it was just not something that was really that big of an exposure when I was a kid. And now adding in the ability for people to go out and use a crossbow, it's its just great to see. And it's great to see people that aren't, for the younger generation, aren't tied to their phones. or are, are Even if they're using their phones while they're out in the blind, I, I have no problem with that. If they're out sitting in a tree, whatever, they're still outside hunting. They're still outside having a good time. See, and that's, that's what it's about is just getting people out into nature and, and getting them to, to look at their surroundings. Yeah, I take my phone out and I do, you know, Facebook live feeds from, from my ground blind and, and whatnot. You know, I take my kids out and my son Hunter, who's my youngest son, I, I think he's going to be the next host of some sort of hunting show because every time we're out in the blind, he wants to do an entrance video. He wants to do an exit video. He wants to let people know what we're doing in the blind, why we're doing it, and how we're going to accomplish it. And I just, I find it funny because if it wasn't for some of that new technology like that, I don't think he'd be as interested in it. Yeah, very well may not be. And, you know, the great thing for the younger generation that you and I didn't have growing up is the ability to buy a camera to record with or just record on your phone, depending on what your phone is, and then turn around and edit it on very inexpensive hardware and upload it to YouTube, and boom, you have your own TV show, which is something that as a kid, there's no way I could have fathomed ever doing that. No. I like. I remember in the late 80s, my grandparents bought their first VCR camcorder, you know, and the thing was probably 10 pounds. I actually have it sitting in my house right now. It's like 10 pounds. It's like 32, 36 inches long. 
about 18 to 22 inches high and it just I, I could never fathom taking that into the woods and, and recording myself let alone trying to maneuver it around a tree or through a window in the ground blind or even just trying to maneuver it to record anything as far as a hunt now you've got you know, companies like GameStick LLC, where you it actually connects to your scope on your crossbow or your rifle. Um, it also has a connection for your compound bow, and it uses your phone for the camera. It, it holds your phone so that you can record your hunt right from basically first-person shooter perspective. Yeah, it's amazing. I have a Tacticam with the, uh, what do they call that, the FTS system. Yep. And a uh, GoPro Hero 7 Black. And really, between those two little items, I can capture film that, you know, is in 4K and is stunning. I mean, it is absolutely stunning what you can capture. Well, and it's funny because, like, I go back to YouTube and I watch some of the uploaded hunts that was part of our generation. You know, like we were talking about, like Fred Trost and and things of that nature. And to see the what we thought was quality as opposed to what's out there now. And I can see my kids, they're looking at it going, how did you even watch this? And I'm sure that their kids are going to look at like the 4K and go, how did you even watch this? Right. As it keeps changing and getting better, the young kids, a lot of them don't even watch TV. Everything they watch is on YouTube in, in some form or fashion. So they're very used to not only watching it, but being told, in the commercials, here's how you create your own stuff. Here's how you do this. My son started up his own video gaming channel. I don't understand where kids watch other kids play video games, but they love it. So I'm like, power to you. And it cost a couple hundred bucks for equipment, and that was what he wanted for his birthday. So it was real simple to put it up, and away he went. And, man, I'm like, that's pretty cool. There's just no way there would have been anything like that when I was a kid. No. Granted, with the, the era that I grew up in and that you grew up in, I'm, I'm glad we didn't have that. But in the same aspect, I'm like, man, if I could have done this when I was 18 years old and somebody said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to hunt on film professionally. And we could have had this same stuff. There's no doubt that I could have or, you know, you could have been somebody that we see on TV. It just amazes me at how much we can do and do it instantly. My oldest daughter and my middle daughter are all about the streaming. You know, they, they like to stream their stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, are we going fishing? You know, streaming, that's, that's what we do with fly rods, isn't it? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely incredible, the, the technology, and has allowed, you know, somebody on their own to go out in their blind, capture cinema quality film go home turn it into a short video 10 15 30 minutes whatever the amount is of their own hunting shows and the content is out there it's just just some fantastic stuff you can watch anymore yeah it's it's pretty amazing i i watch a lot of youtube videos where i'll just type in bear hunting or whitetail deer hunting or crossbow hunting and i'll just sit there for you know hours on end just scrolling through you know youtube videos and then i'm like i really need to stop because this is addicting yeah you lose track of time you know the next thing you know it's two hours later appreciate the time and given the overview about michigan crossbow hunters i want anybody to go out and join and you're active in the forum so it's not like they can go on there and they're not going to talk with you if they have questions they can just type in your name martin and you're going to get it and answer them usually fairly quick 
Yeah, I'm I'm very active. Sometimes it's very very annoying to the wife because I'm on it so much. But I'm not one of those admins, and my wife isn't one of those admins. And my admins, I, I tell them the same thing: is if somebody's got a question, they're either going to get it from us or they're going to get it from somewhere. And if they're going to get it from us, they're going to at least hopefully get the correct information. I mean, we put, you know, uh, when it gets closer, we put a lot of the new rules out for the upcoming year. And we do things that, um, like I said, I answer what is the best broadhead question probably about 15 times a month. And I do, it doesn't bother me because I know that the person is going to ask it regardless if it's my group, somebody else's group. But if it's my group, the people in the group are what make the group possible because they they follow the same contoured lines, I guess, and and, and see the, the same vision that I do. And with, a, with it, we keep it very PG. We don't bash anybody. We don't put anybody down. And if you're doing that in my group, you're gone, period. End of story. No questions asked. You're gone because... If you're going to do that to a new person that's never shot a crossbow before, what are you doing to the people that have been veterans of hunting for 20, 30, 40 years? Correct. That's the one thing about some groups is the admins don't police them very heavily, and you'll get one or two people that can give a group a bad name uh, strictly by anytime somebody asks a question, they attack them. Like, what, are you too dumb to understand this? Are you too you know, ignorant to understand that? You know, if a person comes on, now, if you ask 50 people what the best broadhead is, you're going to get 75 answers. Correct. You know, just be prepared for a lot of opinions and everybody has their reasoning for what they like. And I would tell a new hunter, as I have in the forums, go buy three, four packs, test them, see what your crossbow likes, see what your crossbow dislikes, see what you like, see what you dislike, narrow it down, and then hunt with it. And that's exactly what I tell people, too, because... What what works out of my crossbow may not work out of your crossbow. Like when I first started crossbow hunting, I wanted to stick with fixed blade broadheads, and I had an issue with them planing. It would hit, you know, high right, high left, low left, center. There was no consistency out of any of the broadheads I was shooting. So I, you know, went with Rage and a mechanical broadhead. And the first time I used the mechanical broadhead, I was using the G5 three blade mechanical and I didn't they didn't fly bad they didn't you know not perform they did a did the job that I wanted them to do but it wasn't to my preference so I went with rage and I had no problems with rage for about well until last year I hit one that I did not recover unfortunately but that's hunting um this year I'm going to be using I'm going back to a fixed blade because I found a fixed blade in the Zeus broadheads that fly a lot better they fly a lot um, flatter, and it has actually extended my range because my zero point went from 20 yards to about 35 yards being zeroed and just because it's such a flatter shooting broadhead. And that's nice. Anything that can increase your range but not take away from the performance of the bow is a good benefit. So, And those would be the Zeus broadheads you're talking about? Yes. 
So there's another option for people to try. I, I think the gentleman that started those is out of New York. Uh, he's out of New Jersey. His name is Nick Albanese. New Jersey. Um, okay. He's the same person. Yeah, he's the same person. Um, if you see uh, on Pursuit Channel, Tech Driver TV, he's part of that, his show. He also has the Steady Form, which is a basically a third anchor point for your or for your bow. Okay, and tell a little bit about how that works. Basically, what it does is it's an attachment that is a crescent-shaped, for lack of a better term, apparatus that connects to your bow. Where your forearm is, it presses against your forearm to keep you from torquing. So when you draw back and you release, your arm isn't torquing, so you're not twisting your bow, and it's, it acts as a third anchor point. You know, your first anchor point is obviously your hand. Your second anchor point is wherever you're drawing back to. Well, the, the steady form acts as a third anchor on your forearm, and it keeps you from twisting or torquing your bow. Right, and for folks that don't understand what that does, just incorrectly hold the bow, not only can you have arrows flying all over but where you want them to go, but it can also cause you a lot of pain when that string hits your arm. Yeah, it reduces a lot of arm slap. If you reduce that or eliminate it, then you're not afraid to shoot that bow. Because I know you get hit one or two times with that bow, and you don't realize why you're getting hit. Uh, you're liable to just put the darn thing away and not keep practicing with it. Yep. Yeah, you become a little gun shy. Right. Well, this has been awesome. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, tell folks, how again can they find Michigan Crossbow Hunters on Facebook? Well, there's two different pages. There's the group, which is Michigan Crossbow Hunters. It's on Facebook, but then there's also a business page. We are always looking to partner with, with great companies. You know, people, like I said, like Vanguard and Darton, and we have Buckstick is a, is a great partner. They give us a discount for their products. Um, Whitetail Greens gives us a, a discount code for their product. Whitetail Greens is a, is a food plot company. We, uh, we do a lot of discount codes for our members just because we have the, the, the means and the uh, number power, I guess, to reach out to these companies and say, hey, I, I would love to work with you and, and this is what I can offer. What can you offer my members in return? And usually we get a discount code for 10 to 15%. Oh, fantastic. So anybody can join. Do they have to be a resident of Michigan? It used to be, but we've gotten so big that I don't limit it to just people from Michigan. I'd like to see people from all over. Like I said, regardless of what you use or how you hunt, I, I want to see your success. Oh, great. They can go out. I'll have links in the show note to that. And Martin, I thank you for your time. It, it's a great group you've created and all you admins that work on that to keep it running smoothly. And you do a lot of work and it's fantastic. It's a fun group to learn and to, to not only contribute to, but also take good information away from. Well, I appreciate the, the fact that you like uh, being a part of it. And I'm, I appreciate that you are a part of it. And like I said, we run a tight ship some people don't like it because we don't we don't allow swearing like i said we don't allow bullying and stuff like that which has in turn reduced a lot of the drama that you see on some of the other groups exactly um, not saying that they're not great groups because i belong to quite a few groups that are awesome groups but they still have one or two bad apples and that spoils the bunch you know 
that's a, a lot of work is required on your part as an admin to keep that going. So again, I appreciate that. And uh, I tell folks as you're listening, go out and check it out. If you're a business that wants to work with Martin, contact him via direct message through Facebook, and he'd be happy to talk with you and provide information that you might be looking for. And I thank you for your time. All right. Thank you very much, Jason. Talk to you later. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Come early spring, it's getting green. Fisher on the bed, and hear those turkeys gobble. It's ringing in my head. The winter rides bass boat, here comes another year. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Oh, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Come summertime, we're feeling fine, fishing on the lake, flipping jigs in Carolina rigs. From early morning till real late, bonfires on Creek Bank, kick back a couple beers. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Next year's does until you know winter's on the way. Brushing blinds and deer stands The fever starts to creep Fill our freezers full of ducks Lots of tender deer Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we command the outdoors Yeah, we So grab your guns and shells, boys Put on your camouflage Cause we command the outdoors around here We command the outdoors